What the fuck? It's NXT Revisited. It is Jason. I am here. Troy is not here this week. He is out on assignment. And I am joined instead by the man, the newest member of the Rundown Wrestling family. The man with no tan, Ginger, in the house. Ginger, <laughs> thanks for joining us on NXT Revisited. Hey, no problem. Glad to be here. Um, I normally, to be 100% honest, I normally don't watch the NXT shows except for the uh, takeovers, but um, I might start watching them after watching this episode. Yes, this was You got lucky. This was, You picked quite a nice episode to uh, fill in on because this was, this was a good one. Uh, so... Let's get right into it, and we open this week's edition of NXT with the Forgotten Sons and Jackson Riker, and Ginger did not turn it off and tell me to fuck myself at this point, which is impressive on his part. <laughs> uh, first thing I noticed at this point is we have a new ring announcer this week whom I've never seen before, uh, African-American woman wearing a horrible fucking dress, uh, no Dasha this week, uh, don't quite know what happened there or kayla kayla's usually the think they're ring announcer so i don't know who this woman was never caught her name um the voice sounded like the normal person though that yeah. that's what and then so i thought that was kind of weird but man she had a hell of an afro i'll yes. give her that yes but a completely different person than what we're used to seeing that was a little uh, so next out was Umberto Carrillo, and my first thought is they need to fucking decide. This guy's either on NXT or he's on 205 Live. Fucking pick me. <laughs> Jesus Christ, this guy jumps back and forth. I believe Jeff calls him the, what, is, what does he call him? Some sort of twink. I don't know. Anyway, he comes out. They have a match. I'm, I'm not the play-by-play guy. Well, technically, I guess I am the play-by-play guy. But when it comes to reciting and do, taking notes on matches, I don't go move for move. Um, I did notice that the thing I love about watching Humberto Carrillo, this guy is so fucking quick and fluid and effortless, and everything just seems so fucking smooth with him. Yeah, I agree. Um, this is my first time seeing him. Uh, I was impressed. Um the only thing, the biggest downfall of this match that I noticed was Riker completely no sold a uh, the the springboard back kick. Yeah, he did it, and it was like nothing even happened. I'm like, that's people's finishers. You just killed somebody's finisher. Yeah, like yeah, that I, I didn't like that thing. too much. That's not the only thing he would no sell tonight. But we're gonna get into that. Yeah, this match. Um, <laughs> Yeah, at one point, uh, Carrillo hit a springboard elbow, backhand spring elbow, and then when Riker went down, he hit a just standing moonsault. It was fucking tremendous, uh, mm-hmm. tremendous exchange there. Uh, Umberto should this this guy should be a star, honestly, and he should stick on NXT. I think he could do some big things in NXT. Um, unfortunately, he's probably going to get tainted by the 205 Live virus, but 
at one point, Riker hits a sit-out slam or a sit-out spinebuster that I guess he calls the Widowmaker. I've never heard that before, but apparently that's what they said he calls it. Uh, then basically throws Carrillo out of the ring, beats the shit out of him. <laughs> After about 30 seconds of them fighting on the floor, the referee finally counts them out. The bell I know. Rings. I was like, is are they getting counted out, or what's going on here? Because they've been out there for about almost 45 seconds. Yeah, it was quite a long time for them to just now be counted out. Um, they So then, of course, the rest of the Forgotten Sons, they start taking liberties with Carrillo. Outcome... For I don't know why fucking reason. Uh, Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch run out with chairs to defend uh, Carrillo. And Riker completely fucking no-sells the fact that there are dudes swinging chairs at him. Just stands there fucking stone-faced. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't like when people no-sell that. At least, like, act like you're going to try. Don't stand there with a dumb look on your face. Yeah, no, and, and a heel, unless you're, like, fucking Braun Strowman, a heel mm-hmm. should not be no-selling somebody coming at him with a steel chair. Mm-hmm. But, anyway. Yeah. Uh, so the Forgotten Sun segment ends, and to be honest with you, I've already forgot it. And, and, whoa, whoa, whoa. The, okay. the one thing that I didn't like about that is they started to pull Riker back as if Riker was trying to charge at them, and he wasn't. And I was like, well, what are you guys doing? Just, just start walking away and then yeah. eventually he went eventually he went to charge at him and I'm like what are you doing yeah i sort of took it like you know they're holding back the monster before he snaps kind of thing so uh yeah i don't know but it, it would be probably more effective if it wasn't a guy we just saw go toe-to-toe with umberto fucking Carrillo. but <laughs> we then go to the back where adam cole is having a photo shoot That's right i said that correctly adam cole was having a photo shoot and he gets asked by a disembodied hand if he is excited to see what Roddy <laughs> Strong does tonight against Johnny Gargano. Adam Cole gives his usual fucking bullshit about it, so we're all undisputed. I'm surprised Gargano's a pussy and didn't pick me. Blah, 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 blah. Then gets interrupted by Matt Riddle, and this dude is high as I, fuck. Fucking holy shit, dude. I've seen What's this up, dude high bro? before. Holy shit. I've, I didn't know a person, a human being, could get this high. Jesus uh, Christ. He's got some good medical stuff. Seriously. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. Uh, basically said he thinks it's funny how mad Cole is that someone else got the match instead of him. And then basically, get the fuck out, I gotta do photos. And then he stops and poses for a photo, and I laugh my balls off. <laughs> he does the dumbest fucking pose I've ever seen. Oh, it was fucking tremendous. And the, the one thing that I liked about this, when Cole left, yeah. he's like, go ahead and do your stupid photo shoot. So he just called his own photo shoot dumb. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, you, you could have gone a little different route there, but um, um, that's obviously building up to something. That's going to be an interesting run those two yeah well we'll we'll talk more about that when we get to our main event segment uh the next thing we go to is a commercial for the wwe pc youtube channel i I specifically said greenie's favorite youtube channel gets a plug (laughs) hey now this first off again subscribe to that fucking thing you will be happy you did now the thing that struck me about this one was as i'm watching it it reminds me that oh yeah the WWE, we were told the WWE Women's Tag Team titles would be defended in NXT. Uh, so, about that. Um, they're probably getting there. Yeah, you know, well, you, it was you, you gotta, and Bailey that brought them back, so clearly that was the original plan was for them to come down and defend them. 
given their NXT roots, it made a ton of sense. Now, eh, not so much. Although, I guess the Iconics both came through NXT, too, so fine, whatever. Well, I know um, uh, Morrow mentioned the Iconics, so my guess is that they'll be coming down there pretty soon. But they do it. They still haven't done it, and they've broken up the only real legitimate women's tag team they had in NXT. Yeah, yeah, okay. Again, missed opportunity. Anyway, we go back to the arena. And Aaliyah and Vanessa Bourne come out, and so does my penis. Oh my fucking <laughs> god! With these two, I, I really—it's getting to the point where it's tough to watch because the channel keeps changing while I'm holding the remote. My dick keeps fucking changing channel. <laughs> that little fucking hip swivel Aaliyah does when she comes out. Just, oh yeah, goddamn, like uh, unreal. My my sweatpants quickly became a tent. Oh my god! Was Aaliyah in the fucking women's tournament we're doing here? I don't even remember if she was. Uh, I don't think so. I think if she was, she was eliminated really early. I think that's a. I know Vanessa Bourne was. I think that's a, a huge oversight if Aaliyah wasn't. But yes. anyway, I don't even. It's been so long in this tournament. I don't even remember. This is like the longest running tournament. We were worried if it was going <laughs> to qualify for March Madness, and then we started it in February. We're sitting here. It's fucking April already. Anyway. <laughs> We'll talk more about the tournament a little bit later and definitely tomorrow on the rundown. But that brings us to their opponents, Candice LeRae, followed by Casey Catanzaro, who climbs a pole in a way that must make Ricochet happy. Damn it, you stole my line. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. It's something different. You've never seen it before. And I was like, well, she can climb my pole anytime she would like. There you go. It is something different. My only concern is it's one of those things that's different, but if you see her do it at every single entrance, it's sort of going to lose it. Like, it's something that I think would be better served for her bigger matches not to do it every single time. Yeah, but it makes her different, though. It it keeps her different from all the other typical through-the-rope entrances. Sure, it does, but again, it's going to get... It's going to lose Yeah, Yeah, I get what you're saying, but, I mean, it's different. It's definitely different. Uh, At this point, I begin wondering to myself why NXT insists on wasting Candice LeRae. This woman should be in NXT Women's Championship spots. Instead, we've got Bianca Belair there, and this woman is tag-teaming against Vanessa Bourne and Aaliyah. I I, I don't fucking get it. I don't get how they don't see what they have in Candice. Unless they're just going the real slow burn route with her, and that's where we're going to end up eventually with Shayna. It's got to be. It's got to be. But it looks like Io's going to be the next one going off with Shayna, and I don't know that they're not going to put that title on Io and send Shayna up. I don't know. By the sounds of it, they're going to be building that to, like, another... It almost seems like they're going to build that match for, like, another four-way or something, and because... From all the promos and everything or throughout the night, it was like, how many women are you going to throw in this match? Uh, I don't know. We'll say. But, uh, but yeah, I agree 100% on the Candice Array point. <laughs> you know, like, you gotta, you gotta, you can't slow burn it too long because then it turns into charcoal. It, well, it turns into what they did on the main roster with Sasha when she first mm-hmm. came up. But, yep. Uh, anyway, uh, Aaliyah, I know, I have notes here that Aaliyah. She she just plays this mean girl gimmick so fucking perfectly, and she's really improving in the ring. Like I, she's not a great wrestler by any stretch, but where she was when she started to now, where she's playing a believable vicious heel, is actually quite the improvement. And good on her for that. Huh. I, I hadn't seen her before. Like I said, I'm not a frequent NXT watcher, but um, yeah, I, I thought she did pretty well for herself. 
Um, and I thought Bourne, Vanessa Bourne and Aaliyah worked actually really well as a team. Their gimmick mm-hmm. is bad and bougie thing. It's a little bit overplayed as a gimmick, but I yeah. think it works for them, and I think they do a nice job with them. I just worry a little that they're the Mean Girl thing is sort of what the Iconics do. Aaliyah's whole gimmick is very Carmella esque. I just mm-hmm. I, I don't know what sets these girls apart that's going to get them to the main roster someday. Um, Besides that, because that might uh, yeah, the, the hip swivel just might sway Vince. Be like, hey, come here. Better let's hip go swivel. Sit in my limo. Better hip swivel. Aaliyah or Kevin Owens. Oh, I'm going to go kid. No, I'm just kidding. Aaliyah. <laughs> <laughs> they hit a, Aaliyah and Bourne hit a pretty nice double neckbreaker spot. Almost got a pinfall out of that. I thought that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, at one point, Candace gets the hot tag and basically goes fucking ham. Just kills everybody. <laughs> yeah. She went full fucking board. Oh, my God. Uh, ends the whole thing by hitting a springboard moonsault. Gets the three. Uh not like a Matt classic that you necessarily go back and watch, no. but sort of a nice little, uh, certainly a nice heater for Candace. I think she came out of this looking dominant. Oh, like, she, oh yeah, she, she came out. She came out looking very strong. The one thing that I noticed, the first thing that happened in this match, Catanzaro, uh, is that how you pronounce yes, it? I think so. Uh, yeah, Catanzaro took a leg sweep and then stayed down for an off the rope knee drop. I was just like, that you shouldn't be down that long for her. To be able to do yeah, that, I figured you win knocked out of you, I suppose. Yeah, but it was just, it was just a leg sweep. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was just a, a quick single leg takedown. It wasn't anything big, but that's, yeah, that's I mean, a little nitpicky, Ginger. Come on, come on, no. But she, <laughs> but it, it was almost like the shoulder tackle. You watch them hit each other, and one guy falls back, and you look at him for a second, and then go off. Yeah. At least that makes sense because you're running into him. This was just a basic leg sweep. Well, you look at him for a second, and then he flips over. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, we go to a highlight package showing how Shayna Baszler beat up Kyrie Sane, or beat Kyrie Sane by DQ when EO came in and interfered, thus basically ending Kyrie Sane's run in NXT. Again, I encourage you to go to the WWE PC channel and check out the, the video with Kyrie Sane. <laughs> Saying goodbye to NXT and uh, Zia Zaya Lee in particular. Just fucking adorable. Anyway, EO is interviewed backstage and gets basically one sentence of broken English in before she is jumped by Shayna, Lady Groot, and the artist formerly known as Batgirl. They beat the shit out of her. And EO's basically left laying and sort of crying in the corner next to one of the was this the uh, cases that they wheel shit in and out of uh, yeah yeah it was it was it's it's a way to build heat they're gonna try and run rough shot over the whole women's division in nxt and then three of them are gonna stand up against those three well and, pretty... and so over <clears throat> and above that and this is what i want to give nxt credit for that i think the main roster doesn't do well they they put eo out there they gave her a promo. They let her get a line of, of words that she could say very clearly and get mm-hmm. a little bit. Of, and then they they used that spot to have these girls cut her off so that she didn't have to cut a full promo. Yeah. But she, you still got the impact of her there cutting a promo, yep. and you used it to feed into a storyline. So I think this is the kind of stuff NXT does that WWE like doesn't do with Asuka or Shinsuke, for that matter, that I think could help them. Yeah, I mean, I've said this before. The best promo that Shinsuke ever did was no speaker English. 
was the best promo we ever yeah. did. It was short, sweet, and I mean, it was fucking great in my opinion. No, it was great, and then they did they fucking did nothing with him after that. <sighs> well, I don't blame him, but that's another subject. Well, we're gonna disagree on that. Anyway, <laughs> we go to a Kushida, I'm sorry, Kushida high package. Uh, Regal talks about being excited about his debut, and we get the big return to NXT of Cassius Ono. Cassius Ofat. As he walks in to the office of the general manager of NXT and says that he should be the guy to face Kushida next week because he's been doing big things in NXT UK. I think he's lost every match in NXT UK, but I'm not sure. Uh, Then... Regal tells him he'll take it under consideration, and the second he leaves, Regal goes, yeah, we'll fucking do that. Yeah. Just fucking tell him he was there. Uh, give him a surprise. He took it under consideration for like 30 seconds. <laughs> Regal's looking even. old. Yeah. I'm just going to see him back on TV, because for a while, yes. all he was doing was communicating on Twitter, and obviously they do that when some there's some health issues involved, typically. So it's nice to uh, see hope, him I hope he's all right, though. Definitely. We go back to ringside, and we get the entrance of the Street Profits. They're wearing their red gear this time, but fortunately without the Harlem Heat tops that we saw them in the recent <laughs> takeover, I believe it was, because um, those were just fucking brutal. So they're back to their normal gear. Um, i got to tell you, Ginger, and I don't know, you probably haven't seen a ton of these guys, like I so said, you haven't watched the show regularly, but I'm becoming a big mark for these guys. They just, they're the charisma's off the charts. Their presence in the ring. They're 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 certainly in Angelo Dawkins' case, he's a good worker. Montez Ford, I think, has potential to be a great worker mm-hmm. uh, somewhere down the road. But these two just have a little something as a team that you know some chemistry, some that little X factor that a tag team needs to really set themselves apart. Yeah, um, this is my first time seeing these guys. I was impressed. Um, the plancha to start for the hot start of the match. Holy crap! He almost jumped over both yeah. um, the fucking Hanson and Rowe. and I was like, "Holy shit, that guy's got some fucking ups." Yes. And then, so I, all the power to him for that athleticism. Um, that was Montez Ford. Yeah. <clears throat> yes. Yes, Montez Ford. Um, Who is the, the only husband thing... of Bianca Belair? So. Yes. Um, Ford almost seemed hesitant with a couple things. I don't know if you caught that. Um, almost that. like he was second guessing himself with when he was in the ring with uh, Hanson. Yeah, I don't know. I, there's when you do a lot of fast paced shit sometimes. Yes. You know, you and I might be more prone to like see a little pause that mm-hmm. like a waiting that some people might not normally. See. Yeah, it, it was just a little off. I mean that. Uh, technically, this is me nitpicking yeah. to the fucking max, but <laughs> I mean, they did well. Uh, Ford almost died off of the sliced bread number two. Oh my yes. god, he almost broke his neck. So you're jumping but, uh, ahead of me on the recap. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> okay. Way uh, ahead. That's okay. Uh, so after the Street Profits make their way out, the War Raiders are out, and yes, I said the War Raiders. The War Raiders. Because they're still announced here as Hanson and Rowe. Commentary wasn't dubbed over either. They just continue to refer to them as Hanson and Rowe, the War Raiders. This is sloppy, and this is something I don't expect from NXT. Um, if you're going to, this is the very fucking reason that the WWE is currently in the process of trying to hire a continuity supervisor so that they can have someone <laughs> to go. Um, assholes, you called them different things 
four days ago, uh, mm-hmm. two days ago, I'm sorry, on your other show, you might want to redub this so that you're calling them the same thing consistently. Okay, so this almost seems, the way things are going, this was like a last-minute call-up. Probably. That's why I'm like, okay, this is a perfect example of why you can't do a last-minute call-up. Well, this is a perfect reason of why you can't let Vince know you're doing a last-minute call-up or not see them until they're already out there and they've been announced. So, well, so he uh, can't go, God damn, pal, they look like fucking Vikings. That's what we're going to call them, the fucking Vikings. The fucking Vikings. God damn, pal. But, you know, it's... Welcome, uh, Eric and Ivar, the fucking Vikings. <laughs> that's that's going to be next week's team name yeah, for right. those two. Um, Ivar, how hard do you fuck? <laughs> oh, my God. Um... But yeah, it's this has got to be a huge thorn in triple trips' side right now because how do you go back and forth like that? A because you know people watch both, you know people are nitpicking this shit out of this. Okay. Again, itself. We, and we'll talk about this a little bit on the run. Oh, well, a lot <laughs> on the rundown tomorrow. Um, mm-hmm. I made the joke about the continuity editor. We just witnessed Andrade get shaken up to Raw, and given no fucking explanation, moved back to SmackDown. Just, hey, fucking... Now he's on this show. It's just like, they think fans are stupid and don't need an explanation when you do something very publicly like that. <laughs> and it's insulting to the intelligence of it. Like, I, my biggest problem is not even storyline or writing. It's my biggest problem is that when the product I'm watching tells me that they think I'm an idiot and shit like that is when I get offended and, and stuff like what happened on Monday. But we'll and talk I, about that more tomorrow. I don't want to get too far into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Wrong, wrong show for that. This show yeah. is great. Anyway, so as Hanson and Rowan are making their way out, uh, Ginger touched on it earlier. Montez Ford wipes them out completely during their entrance with a tope suicida out of nowhere. I've seen a lot of moves out of nowhere. I've seen RKOs. I've seen four fifths. <laughs> I, I've never seen a tope suicida out of nowhere. That was fucking <laughs> impressive. That's not something I expected when I hit play on my WWE Network tonight. Uh, Profits, right in right in the beginning here, hit the huge frog splash finish that they mm-hmm. usually use. I uh, thought got, I thought that was it. Yeah, I did too for a second, especially where it was a non-title match. I thought mm-hmm. you, you tell the story that they jumped them, they got the edge, they got a quick pinfall. The, the Raiders would have an out of saying they, they weren't ready. Um, but in any event, they didn't because Roe kicked out of it. Ford looked stunned, did a great job of of, spl- of playing stunned. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite exchange of this match was probably Hanson and Ford exchanging sort of the athletic back The Will Osprey-esque. Yes. Yes, yep. And, and it's not – look, and I don't mean I'm – I'm actually a fan of Osprey. I'm a fan of Ricochet. I loved that match. I know some people didn't. It was very polarizing. Um, I loved it personally, but when you see a guy the size of Hanson doing yes. that shit, it's just it, it's the extra little cherry on top of the cake. Yep. Um, War Raiders did a nice job here, storyline wise, of using their size and just sort of grinding down the profits, particularly Montez Ford, just leaning on him, really just wearing him down the whole time. Uh, you talked about it. Ford hits a sliced bread number two off the chest of Dawkins and almost completely eats it on the flip. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't, like, wasn't pretty. He, de- he, definitely, he, he definitely caught some of his head, because when he popped up, he was like, oh, shit. Yeah. You could tell by the look on his face. <laughs> I don't know if he was selling, but oof, that was rough. 
War Raiders turn the table. They do hit Thor's hammer and get the win. Uh, War Raiders, impressive here, but I think I came out of this match really impressed by the Street Profits. Yeah, um, they did pretty well. They they are definitely new guys that are trying to make a name for themselves, and if they keep doing what they did in this match, they are going to go to the moon. <clears throat> Absolutely, and of course, I have a feeling there will be a spot available for an NXT Tag Team Championship shot soon. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. There, there might be. Just, <laughs> I don't know. We go back to the back where Undisputed Era are all sitting around chatting, and I think this is supposed to say Cole, but my note says Coke doesn't look happy. Uh, <laughs> but Coke always has a smile. So, anyway, no, Adam Cole was standing in the back looking sort of unhappy. He was part, part of the conversation, but certainly didn't appear to want to be. We then go to Mia Yim being interviewed by the air quotes press. Uh, I've heard rumors that this is actually Dan Matha doing these interviews, which is just fantastic if that's true. Uh, you don't watch the show, so you probably don't know, but Dan Matha was this day. Months and months of vignettes hyping the debut of this giant guy, Dan Matha, and blah, blah, blah. He comes out for his debut match, gets fucking jumped by Samoa Joe, choked out, and we've never seen him since. Uh, <laughs> he's apparently still working out down at the PC, uh, and from what I've heard, he's one of the, the people that they use for these interview segments where the the uh, talent is speaking with the press, which I, how do you feel about these segments where they do like these like sort of locker room press conferences? Cause it, it's something new. It's different, but it's also proof that different isn't always good. Yeah. Um, after th- watching this for the first time, I was like, where else are they going to report this? Yeah. Besides on the, what I'm watching right this moment, like WWE.com. <clears throat> well, yeah, and they'll probably put up the video instead of just a, a voice I, clip. I don't know why they would need three writers taking notes. For I don't, I don't know. I, yeah, it, different isn't good in this situation in my eyes either. Anyway, the content <clears throat> of Mia Yim's interview is where it got interesting because at one point she says, "I know Bianca's mindset is undefeated, but I'm pretty sure I just watched her get defeated twice by Shayna." <laughs> Love that. Love that. Couldn't couldn't enjoy that. Wait, anymore. wait a minute. Hold on, hold on. I think you said undefeated wrong. What? I think you said undefeated wrong. What are you talking about? Come on. What? Come on. What? Give it to us. Give what? This is an easy leeway for you, Jason. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> what, are you, what are you looking for here? Uh, well, never mind. We'll, okay. we'll continue on then. Anyway, Ginger's being weird tonight. Anyway, uh, so, um, beyond, I'm sorry. Maya basically. Me. <laughs> <laughs> Mia Yim basically says that uh, she wants the shot. She wants another shot at Shayna. She feels like uh, she has something left to prove, that uh, she is going to be the head baddie in charge. I don't love that line. I, I know they can't really say the actual HBIC. I guess they're working around it. That's fine. Yeah. Um, but, you know, no matter how bad of a baddie she is, she will never be on the... Ted. Thank you. Hey, you're welcome. Anyway. <laughs> All right, so we come back from commercial, and Gargano is out first. 
champion making his way out first. And I got to say, Ginger, for me, one of the things, whenever we crown a new champion in professional wrestling, the first, the, to me, there's sort of a visual test of how do they look with the belt? Do they look mm-hmm. like a champion wearing the belt? Yep. And in Gargano's case, 100%, I thought it looked great on him. Oh, absolutely. It, it fits perfectly for him. Yeah, looked every and, bit the champion. Yep. yep. And he's, 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 that is like, you take... I don't know, an imaginary picture in your head of what a champion walking to the ring looks like. I gotta say that right there is it. Yeah, great example. I never thought <clears throat> Alistair Black looked great as a champion. I think he almost looks better as a challenger. But Yeah. The belt just never seemed right on him. And maybe it's just the right belt on the right guy. I don't know. I just Yeah. You know. Anyway. Roddy comes out alone, notably without the rest of the Undisputed Era, and we go into a great chain wrestling sequence to start, and that's not a surprise given the two guys in the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, now, with that, the wrestling, great. The uh, messed up line over the top, little miscommunication there. Yeah, well, those things happen. Yeah, but see, I'm, I'm Mr. Negative tonight. I'm, I'm a nitpicker but right now. once they were out on the floor... Roddy hits yes. a half Nelson suplex onto the apron on Gargano. And how he didn't fucking rupture a disc here, I don't know. Uh, he looked to be in some serious pain. I don't know. Again, I don't know if he was selling and I was just buying into it, but that looked like that fucking hurt. Yeah, Johnny's the master of selling, too, so you can never yeah. really tell for sure. Uh, Strong hits a nasty gut buster on Johnny at one point. <laughs> And he's hitting these chops, but this is a great moment. At a certain point, he starts hitting chops while Johnny's down, and Johnny's just like, come on, give me another one. Fucking give me another Just great visual there. Uh, Roddy gets rattled at this point and starts yelling at Johnny to just stay down. Uh, It's like, dude, have you ever watched a Johnny Gargano match? That shit doesn't happen. Uh, they go out out to the ring out uh, on the ringside area, and uh, Roddy once again tries for the wheelbarrow pickup. This time it is reversed by Johnny, who sends Roddy into the stairs. Johnny hits the slingshot spear, and Roddy kicks out. That was sort of surprising. The slingshot spear we've seen used to put guys away. Uh, for Roddy to kick out of that is a pretty big spot for him. Yeah, um, they're trying to make him look strong, and for reasons I think we will discuss in a few minutes. Yeah. Gargano goes for the slingshot DDT. Roddy catches him on his shoulders. Gargano turns it into a Rana and then hits a big super kick, only gets a two. This was a fucking great exchange here. Yeah, um, this this match overall is was pretty damn good for an NXT, yeah. uh, just a TV-esque show. Yeah. I don't know what we actually call them, but yeah, I, I everything about this, a couple little hiccups, but I love this match. Perhaps my favorite moment in this match, Gargano goes again for the slingshot spear. Roddy catches him, turns it into a butterfly suplex backbreaker. Holy shit. Yeah, that was uh, pretty disgusting. Oh, my God. That was incredible. Uh, The the control on both sides to be able to pull that off is just outstanding. Uh, Mm -hmm. Then they just start trading these vicious strikes with each other. And this is the thing people don't understand necessarily about wrestling. That's a sign that they like each other, that they'll take Mm -hmm. those hard shots at each other. Yep. I was going to say, they got got pretty (laughs) stiff with each other for a couple minutes. And then it's like, yep. They're beating the shit out of each other. They're boys. Anyway, Gargano walks in the Gargano escape, at which point Adam Cole comes out and yells at Johnny that he's not a real champion. This brings the rest of Undisputed Era out to perhaps, I guess, the plan was to help Roddy win. Uh, Matt Riddle comes out because, you know, photo shoot. And he <laughs> takes out. No, no, no. Stupid. 
stupid photo yes. shoot. And he takes out the rest of Undisputed Era, leaving only Cole. Cole goes to kick Johnny, but accidentally hits Roddy by mistake. This allows Gargano to hit the slingshot DDT on Roddy for the win. After the match, Roddy Strong not too happy with Adam Cole. They exchange some words in the ring before Roddy basically just walks out with the rest of Undisputed, with the rest of Undisputed Era following him at a good distance to the back. Uh, Ginger, what'd you think of this match? Uh, there's a couple things I want to point out. Um, Roddy did a really nice, innovative uh, rope submission where he hooked his arms on the second rope and then put his legs in an Indian tri- an Indian deathlock type and then hooked it on the second rope. I thought that was pretty good. Um, yeah, pretty it was, innovative. Where was the fucking ref calling for the rope break at that point? Yeah, just let him get it done. Yeah, see, it's ref- refereeing was a problem the, for me. On that the, spot, this was not a good referee so night. On that spot, and then you go back to, and this is something that's becoming actually very commonplace in wrestling nowadays. The War Raiders match ends with Roe pinning the guy while Hanson's got his shoulders on his back. Like, you as a referee yep. can't count a three while the other the illegal guy's in the ring. Like, you mm-hmm. have to get him out of the ring first. But that's something I see all the time now. It's just, it yep. irks me every time I see it. Um, and then let's see what else, uh, the part where the Garg- I think it was, uh, as Gargano kept saying, come on, bring it, hit me with the chops. And then he ended up getting up. He Gargano went to chop Roddy and instead backhanded him in the yes. face. Yes. <laughs> I was like, all oh, that did not feel good because Roddy kind of like walked off, like stumbled off a little bit. Yeah. And then, um, the and another botch, unfortunately, the when he Roddy should have gone under between the in the corner, he went up top and then had to adjust himself to be yeah. under the top rope. Yeah, but they recovered. Not a big deal. Um, one thing that I really really liked from Roddy, um, he there was a big spot happen and then Roddy went to like sell and he was like. Just the way he sold it, and then Gargano super kicked him in the face as he was trying to get up. Yeah. I really enjoyed the way Roddy was like kind of selling into it. Yeah. It was a beautiful feed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Roddy spit on somebody in the crowd with a big old slobber. Twice. It looked like twice, three times. And then the uh, crowd was chanting one more time. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, the ending, uh, I thought it was okay. Uh, uh, it's obviously, like I said earlier, with the riddle thing, it's gonna, you know, it's gonna lead up it? to stuff. But it was, a, it was a straight pinfall. You know, it, was, it yeah. wasn't a DQ. It, it wasn't was a fluky. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't a fuck finish. It was, yep. you know, so I had no problems with it. Um, all things considered, I think you were fortunate. I think you got one of the better episodes of the weekly product of NXT in a while to to check out. We've been on sort of the post NXT Takeover New York hangover for a couple of weeks, but I think we really started getting going again with this episode uh i would encourage if you are looking for to save a little time definitely go back and watch gargano and strong because that was a fantastic match and definitely go back and watch street profits and war raiders too because that's surprisingly good and take two minutes out of your day to watch Elias hip swivel and you'll be happy you did Uh, it'll be about 30 seconds 30 seconds on my way but you know whatever i'm not i'm not i'm not here to judge no judgment (laughs) Don't judge me, monkey. So, of course, looking forward to next week, we do have Kushida making his debut against Cassius Ono, and I'm sure some fallout after this Undisputed Era sort of blow up 
and we'll see what that what happens next week. I don't know if Ginger will be here next week. We'll see. I think Troy might be back. But uh, I certainly want to thank Ginger for filling in for Troy this week and helping me out. Hey, no problem. Uh, thank you for having me. I uh, I enjoyed this episode of NXT, and I think I might continue to watch it every week. I've been telling you guys forever. It's the best product WWE releases every week. Unbelievable yeah. stuff. I'm Can I prove that? Big, big, huge fan. All right, so for Ginger, this is Jason, and I'm going to say we will NXT you next week. Bye-bye.